and welcome to Uncle Monster's Spooky Time Fright Hour, your source for the straight poop on all things supernatural. We're your hosts. My name is Chris Anderson, but if you went to high school with me, you can call me Shibby. And I'm Ethan Sereski, and I have never been to Mezobook.com. Keep asking. I'm never coming. I don't want your free book. I'd rather have mesothelioma. Tough affair. So, this week, we're back in the lab, back in the studio, talking about a brand new, horrible monster for you guys. Hit him with the premise, Ethan. Oh my god, the dog's freaking out. Relax, I'm hitting him with the premise. Like all weeks on Uncle Monster's Spooky Time Fright Hour, one of us, uh, me this week has done exhaustive research on a ghost, a ghoul, a demon, or whatnot this week. The Pishtaco mm. from Peru. Okay. And the other one of us, uh, Shibble, this week, has done absolutely no research and knows nothing other than we are talking about the Pishtaco from Peru. Which leads me to ask you, Shibble, to begin the first section of Uncle Monster here. What do you picture... What comes to mind when I say to you, I'm going to talk about the Pish Taco, and it's from Peru? I'm going to say that you have pranked somebody by urinating on their taco. <laughs> that is, and now that we've gotten that one out of the way, there'll yeah, be no that's, more that's, fish tacos. Yeah. That was our free one. Now, it's behind us. We can move forward with our lives. The lowest hanging fruit there is. So I'm going to say that the Pish Taco, that's how I'm going to pronounce it. Say it again. Pistaco. <laughs> wait, wait there are they Portuguese? They well, no, they're Peruvian. Uh, yeah, so the pistaco is okay. It still works. Yeah, is going to be uh, from uh, the mountains. I'm going to guess Peru's known for its mountains, and I'm going to say that they are. I'm trying to think of my South American supernatural knowledge which is limited but I'm going to say that they are guardians of the Nazca lines they are an ancient race that has guarded the Nazca lines what are Nazca lines? Nazca lines are kind of like ley lines they're like uh, uh, they, they hold they the like magic wrap around and the where earth they cross. And yeah, they have like ma- mystical energy at points where they intersect uh, so yeah that's like my, Wichita. Yeah, the way that Wichita is just a city of magic. <laughs> there are no ley lines anywhere near Wichita. No, I always say when uh, uh, when I think of, to me, what defines Wichita when I first moved out here uh, was that there's just a pervasive sense of low self-esteem. <laughs> Everyone you met is like, you're like, hi, I'm Chris, and they're like, oh... It's it's more like uh, okay. So I was listening to NPR, and they were interviewing like a touring jazz musician. Uh, you know, who, who, are you any good? Uh, I'm not really that good. No, no they're like Wichita. Uh, no. What she literally said. This is a quote. Was so people might think that you know they'll hear that you're from around Wichita, and people might think that you're not very good. <laughs> and it's like, why would they think that? Why would they think that you couldn't have a good jazz player from Wichita? What? Why would people from Wichita just assume that? It was, well, Wichita's not known for its jazz. Yeah, but there's no reason why there couldn't be one good guy that plays jazz from Wichita. Why would they just be like, he probably sucks, he's from Wichita. Yeah, that's true. You can't assume that. That's that's mean. 
Yeah. So, yeah, is it is it an ancient race of proto-humanoids that guard Nazca lines? Um, you know, you're close in a lot of ways. Good. But in more ways, like all of them, you're wrong. Okay, I'm going to focus on the non-existent ways that I'm right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good way to put it. Um, I'm not going to tell you exactly what's right and what's wrong uh, about your ley lines and Nazca lines and gremlins and goblins. I can't say uh, that I'm, I'm not disappointed. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to um, use a tool, a very valuable tool, mm. with you especially, narrative fiction oh disappointment gone very excited for narrative (laughs) fiction you love that it is it is the most powerful tool there is when working with a shibble it's true that's how i learn so i'm going to tell you a story and which means it's uh what time is it is it story time it's story time it's story time it's story time with uncle monster monster story time it's story time. It's story time with Uncle Monster. Story, story time. time! You pull the covers ever tighter over your body and reposition on the far too small couch. Your annoying Peruvian neighbor is playing her pan flute again. Your considerable blonde spiked mullet poking out is the only clue that you're even there, other than the 300-pound bulge in the covers. Dwayne, are you still down there? A shrill voice pierces the silence from the upstairs of your two-story townhouse. It's Franny, your newest and sixth wife. What a mess. And yes, you're still down there. And yes, you're still Dwayne. You're Dwayne Chapman, a.k.a. Dog the Bounty Hunter. And you've seen better days. Your hit TV show is over, and your celebrity has taken a huge hit due to allegations of racism. Well, not just allegations, because there was definitely some ridiculously blatant racism. The whole thing had happened while your hit show Dog the Bounty Hunter was on a meteoric rise. Unfortunately, a private phone call between you and your son was leaked to the media. He was dating a black woman, and you wanted to communicate that this was a problem. On the tape leaked to the media, you said these exact words. Dramatic recreation. Wow, Dwayne, you're a real piece of shit. And now you've lost everything due to your virulent bigotry. The money's all dried up, you've lost five of your six wives, and the newest one is an elderly cattle herder. You have no work prospects, and even your favorite mirrored rimless sunglasses cracked yesterday. What a shame. But everything was about to change as you made your way upstairs to the kitchen. Franny was watching Texas Governor Greg Abbott being congratulated on his amazing new abortion law. Dwayne, listen to this, it's great, they're taking them baby killers to task, said Franny. You mumble a response because you aren't a political animal, and Franny annoys you with her conspiracy energy and ivermectin fervor. However, Franny was insistent. Dwayne, don't you get it? They're offering bounties. What? Bounties? How could they be offering bounties for abortions? Maybe for helping women in need? Maybe for driving underprivileged women to health service providers? Dog, you're a bounty hunter. How the hell do we get these abortion bounties? How can we help people get safe abortions and make some cash? This is the answer to all my problems, you think. However, this was not what Governor Abbott's bill was about at all. As you watch intently, the wheelchair-bound governor rolls around the stage maskless and explains his law. You watch in disbelief as he sets out the tenets of his bill. Number one, any pregnancy in which a heartbeat is detected cannot be aborted. 
This means if you're six weeks pregnant, you cannot have an abortion. Number two, the law makes no exceptions for rape, sexual abuse, or incest. Number three, it incentivizes the public to police abortions. It allows anyone to sue an abortion provider or anyone they suspect is aiding and abetting abortions after the six-week mark. The law sets a $10,000 award for any successful lawsuit to stop an abortion. You think to yourself, that hardly seems fair at all. What kind of draconian law is this? Only $10,000? Well, you'd have to make do, because it seems that Governor Greg Abbott has given you a new calling. You now have a way to make those millions back and reclaim the celebrity life you once had. You are now Dog, Texas Abortion Bounty Hunter. Look out, whores and sinners. Dwayne the Dog Chapman is coming to save your babies. And to take your cash. And the cash of your doctor. And the Uber driver who drove you there. What an amazing day. Just your luck. You receive an anonymous phone call from a woman with a strange accent congratulating you on your pro-life bounty quest. You're already raking in the fans. This voice sounds familiar, but you can't place it. And she has a tip for you. An abortion crew helping out needy women in your own community. This could be a gold mine. You prepare to make your first big money abortion bust. The woman who called you hangs up the phone scowling. It is the Peruvian pan flute playing neighbor who hates you with all her heart. She embraces her curandera grandmother and says, It is done. You stake out the address that the tipster claimed was an abortion cell. A mysterious new man from Peru has moved into the house, but he doesn't look Peruvian. He looks like an outsider. He has very pale skin and a shock of white hair. Though he appears young, maybe early 40s, you observe huge women come to his door one by one, and hours later, they leave, and they are no longer enormous. Sounds like an abortionist we're dealing with. You have a plan, an excellent one but it will have to come with a little help from your talented and ingenious Governor Abbott. You give him a quick call, and just minutes later, the vicious little governor agrees, in a frenzy to end abortion once and for all. He even promises you your TV show back if everything works out. The next day, you and Governor Abbott meet at a van parked outside of the white-haired Peruvian's home. The makeup artist you've hired has transformed Abbott into a rolling pregnancy, having taken on the appearance of a handicapped pregnant woman. He has on an azure eyeliner with a smoky effect, sure to dazzle. Everything is set, and he began to roll the now beautiful and full-figured governor toward the fetus-filled townhouse. This is it. The big one. You push the governor to the steps, and then realize, My God, there are steps. That was a real hold in the plan. Fifty-seven minutes later, you reach the door. The bell is immediately answered by the pale, white-haired man. Hello, he says. May I help you? Uh, yeah, um, my wife here, Greg, is pregnant with a baby with a heartbeat, and we need to abortion it before it's born alive. The governor adds, Yes, I've been a bad girl, and now there's a baby growing in my nini. The white-haired man looks at them thoughtfully. What is it you think I do here? You respond, I don't know. Vacuum babies that have heartbeats after six weeks or so, what? The white-haired man responds, I think you should leave now, for your own good. The man shuts the door on you and the governor, and you begin to curse. You and Greg discuss how much money you could have made if you busted all the poor and hopefully POC girls that need abortions. 
The white-haired man had been listening behind the door for all of this. He snarls but composes himself. He reopens the door. Sir, maybe I can help you and your wife, Greg, after all. Well, let's let her rip then. You wheel Greg into the white-haired man's house and immediately feel something wrong. There's no medical equipment. There are no gowns, nurses, machinery, or tables. The man beckons for the two of you to sit. Or just you, because Greg doesn't have a choice. The man sits across from you and clasps his hands. He begins chanting softly and grows louder. You decide that the 10K maybe isn't worth it, and whisper to Greg that maybe it's time to go. Go now, bounty hunter. While there's still fat on the bone. The white-haired man looks up and holds his palms in front of his mouth. He blows a thick dust of powdered human bones into both of your faces. You are unconscious before the laughter of the white-haired man reaches a crescendo. You wake hanging upside down next to Greg, still dressed as a pregnant woman. You are suspended from chains. Greg's legs dangle uselessly. The white-haired man asks why you've come here. You explain you're here to collect abortion bounties from Greg's new law. The white-haired man explains that the large women seen coming in here were not pregnant. They were just fat. They were fat ladies. Fat is what keeps me alive, he explains to your disbelief. And usually I just take the fat. But this time I will take a pound of flesh for all who deserve one. The white-haired man begins to morph into a monster. He produces two large blades and feverishly begins to cleave away the fat and flesh on yours and Greg's bodies. You and Greg scream and bleed on a concrete floor where blood pools and congeals. The white-haired man was not a man at all. He was a Peruvian pishtaco, a monstrous creature known for attacking and sucking the fat out of victims in South America. Only if angered could these attacks be fatal. Unfortunately for Dog and Greg, this pishtaco was angry, because although part monster, he was also part human and believed in those rights. As you and Greg's hacked and mutilated bodies pump plasma from ripped arteries, the pishtaco laughs and continues to cut. He unfurls a huge proboscis-like organ from his monstrous face and begins sucking the life-sustaining fat that powers him. As blood flows freely and the pishtaco's laughs echo, one wheel of Greg Abbott's wheelchair spins round and round on his upturned chair. Wow. Spooky stuff. What the do you think? The scariest part was the stuff in real life. What, the pish taco? I mean, the pish taco, yes. The, the real, actual pish taco was the yeah. scariest part. I mean, he's a monster. It's scary. He's horrible, yeah. So he's like a fat vampire. That's the vibe I'm getting here? Fat vampire? Uh... Do you mean a fat vampire or like a fat vampire? Like, like I mean, he's after fat. I mean, not a, uh, not a vampire that is chubby. Oh. I mean, a vampire, as a vampire is to blood, the pish taco is to fat. Yes, in a way. Okay. The pish taco is uh, like a fat sucker, but he is not averse to cleaving off other parts if he's in a mood. Okay. Okay. So prone to violence. That part's canonical. Okay. Yeah, but but not always. I mean, it, he can have like the the Anne Rice, the little drink, you know. Okay. The, isn't he's, that what he's, he's called? He, he's uh, he's still civilized. He's not yeah. solely a a victim of his predilections. 
Exactly. That's, a, that's an ex- excellent way to put it. Thank you. I'm working on a book called... But, Pish Taco, uh, a gentleman a and a monster. Interview with a Pish Taco. <laughs> and David was a bisexual and was attracted to the Pish Taco and documented all... Yeah, um, sounds you, great. Would read. Yeah, would you like to learn more? If my earphone falls out one more goddamn time, Shibble. You, I could see it was driving you crazy. And do you need a drink? You sounded a little parched while you were reading. You know what? I have a sore throat. Oh, okay. Everybody at home, that's going to lend a unique character to this episode. Enjoy. Was it awful during the story? No, I just thought he was like, God, he sounds like he really wants like some, some fucking Gatorade. Oh, is the audience going to be annoyed by it? No, 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 no. Yes, they are. If I, I listen to it and it sounds weird later, I'll put an announcement at the beginning of the episode. Okay. I'll say... Everyone, don't worry about Ethan. He's just a little bit sick, but he's not incredibly thirsty. I know it sounds like he's thirsty. Right. Don't worry. Yes, he's not thirsty. Okay, I like that, because that way they won't worry about me and they won't be annoyed. No, unless they're worried about you having some sort of throat disease during a global pandemic. Well, tell them that I I literally was just tested for COVID um, at PCR test, so I'm clean. All right, way to go. COVID-free. We're keeping yeah. it real here at Uncle Monster. So I was exposed. Uh, my girlfriend got exposed at work, and we both had to wait five days and PCR it. Yeah, that's rough. That's life these days. Yeah. Well, do you want to learn about sooner the or later? Taco? Somebody will do something <laughs> about it. Uh, no, yeah. no one's ever doing anything about it. We will be fifty percent vaccinated as a country for the rest of our lives, and new variants will come out, and they will kill us. Yeah, it's just our new reality. Is now every year the flu season involves ten times as many deaths. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, so but not funny. <laughs> tell me about the pistaco. It doesn't sound so scary anymore compared to flu season. No, it turns out the real monster is reality. Yeah. Um, but on the uh, less scary side, we have the Pish Taco, a fat-sucking, parasitic, obviously, mm. mythological boogeyman from the Andes region, uh, what you mentioned, the mountains, of South America, particularly in Peru, and also in Bolivia. All right, so you said parasitic, so they don't contribute anything. No. They, there's no great Pish Taco uh, poets or painters that have given back to society. I think they're uh, biologically parasitic. I don't ah. think that they're culturally parasitic. Okay. Okay, good. We don't want to like put a stereotype on people. Because yeah, we no, know I that mean, they're not just victims of their predilections. They have... Van, Go- Van Gogh was a pish taco. Yeah, people don't like to talk about it. Yeah, no. It's it's common knowledge. <laughs> Banksy is also a pish taco. Yeah. It'll be revealed. Coincidentally... <laughs> coincidentally... Uh, Licky Cheery, mm-hmm. um, Licky meaning fat, Cheery meaning remover, the fat remover, is a similar supernatural creature of the Andean cultures and is also a mountain in the Andes. Uh, Mount Licky is 13,000 feet high, so it's basically the same thing, the Licky and the Pish Taco. All right, we'll consider those just like different colloquialisms for the same beast. It's basically the Bolivian term, I would guess. Okay, sounds good. Uh, they're described as being either foreign traders or just plain white men. Yeah, I mean, outsiders. this does sound like something white people would do. It, it well, it, it was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in one account, uh, they are very tall, incredibly thin, white-haired, and red-eyed, with a single columnar tooth for fat sucking, oh, instead fuck. instead of the traditional elongated canines of vampires. Yeah, because you would want just one big tooth for fat. 
You want what to make sense does that make? Hole. Really? Uh, yeah, because the little tiny hole, like, you can fit blood out of a pretty small hole, but fat's pretty thick and chunky. You're going to want one big one. You're right. When they do a, um, when they do that operation, um, you know, when they suck the fat liposuction, they use one big tube. They don't use two little ones, right? Yeah, yeah. And they don't take it out with, like, you know, like syringes. It's like a no, they take it out like with big hose. vacuum hose, right? Yeah. It's probably about um, like a centimeter in diameter or something like that. Yeah, no, it's a pretty big hose. Yeah. It gets out a lot of fat. It's pretty gross to watch. Yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, takes all types. Your body. Talking Anybody? about gross, I keep looking at that picture of you holding your own plasm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was wild. It was weird. It's like Shibble. He gave stem cells because he's actually a hero. It's like my uh, one of my favorite things that he did uh, recently. And he gave um, stem cells to save somebody's life, which is awesome. But he sends me this picture of him holding up his stem cells in this humongous garbage bag sized clear bag of blood and guts and goo and that came out of him and it makes me nauseous it's so gross the nurse suggested it she's like do you want to get a picture with your cells i was like yeah hell yeah good idea she i don't was know great. what they took out really of you that nurse. was not just cells uh they took a little extra plasma to like keep it hydrated while it was in transit whatever uh, <laughs> okay but Here's anyway tacos. go to be the match.org be, oh, be the match.org if you want to uh, donate your stem cells and save someone. It's really a cool yeah, cause. Yeah, it was a really, it was a good experience. I'm very glad that I did. I was very uh, happy to be able to help and it was very, you know, I felt good about myself. It's nice to do somewhere you're like, oh, hey, I feel good that I did that thing. And it has to, you know, it directly relates to Pish Tacos. Yeah, and you know? it ties organically back into this episode. Yeah, so, they suck. They suck the fat out. You, we want, we want you to to put your stem cells in. Be the match dot dot org dot tacos are rarely seen in the united states shibble okay that thank goodness yes uh, actually they're not the worst cryptid i mean i'd rather see them than like a jersey devil yeah i mean i still now what what sort of state are the victims in if you don't mind if i'm not jumping around too much what state are the victims in after these fat draining attacks it depends how severe the attack is okay, okay. they could be fatigued Okay. They could be gaunt. Mm, okay. They could be dead. Okay, that's too much. That's when I know nobody's going to want that. I mean, they could be on life support. It just, it just depends. I mean, if they're so starving, it, it can be a traumatic. It's yes. not just. It's not just like he's a friendly guy helping you get ready for beach season. Well, he's... in the story, I had him like for some reason I had fat women going to his house to, to like have fat removed. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I just had him like having helping people out because I figured you know that would be a cool. No, thing that, that, that it would be a great way for a modern pish taco to cast off this parasitic misnomer and truly become a symbiote with humanity. Not that there's anything wrong with being heavy, because I am heavy, and um, it, but, as we will find out throughout the episode, there's nothing wrong with being heavy. No, there is absolutely, I definitely don't want to say that. I'm just saying, it's a service that people want. If you want to be thinner, that's your choice. You can want to be that too. Whatever you want to do, none of my business. <laughs> um, uh, they survive entirely upon human fat. Um, okay. possessing a great hunger for it. Um, like many other monsters, they look that human. That would be rough on the old digestive system. 
You want to get some fiber in there. You do. I don't know how they... They're going to wind up with Crohn's or something. Really? I don't know. Let me tell you, their bowel movements are going to be rough. That's all I'm saying. If you exist on a diet that consists solely of fat coming out the other end, that's going to be rough. That might that might come into play in Fight Night. Yeah, boy. We'll have to watch out if anybody's going to punch them repeatedly in the intestines and colon. Yeah. Oh, that could, oh Shaq hit him in the colon? Okay. Like many on, other monsters, they look human. But okay. this is another description. This is you know, but their eyes can roll back and reveal an elongated sucking appendage that can release from their mouth when they feed. That's another description. Okay. Some descriptions have them having like a, you know, a proboscis thingy instead of the one big tooth. Right. Or okay. something that comes out of their mouth. You know, something, some sucking appendage. Okay. So yeah, reports vary, but we know that they have. One way to identify them is their large, fat-sucking mouth appendage. Which only comes Which out, but they look human. But they, they can hide human. it. Yeah. Yes, exactly. That would be so funny. <laughs> I'm just imagining, <laughs> like, you meet Count Dracula, you know, and he's got his hair slicked back, and he's wearing the tuxedo with, like, the metal and a cape, and he's, like, smiling at you seductively, and then you see one large central tooth come out from the front <laughs> of his mouth. <laughs> I want to suck your fats. <laughs> That's why pish tacos have never been romanticized in movies. Yeah, it is. It is asymmetrical looks like that, or, or non-bilateral symmetrical looks are going to be a little bit goofy every time. Seems like It seems like something you would see at, at the most Eisley spaceport. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna well, that was a that was a nerdy reference. It's true, but Star Wars has gone so mainstream now. But most Eisley spaceport, come on. I, I mean, even that's mainstream. Jesus, I, I mean, people are watching the Mandalorian series about the Yoda baby, baby uh, yeah. Yoda. What's come his name? On, it has a name. Grogu, Grogu right. the baby Yoda. This Everyone is what we're it. doing. They love it. You don't love it. They. I'm just saying maybe maybe it's time for us to move on from Star Wars when we've got ourselves to Grogu the Baby Yoda. But the end of the series made me cry. The end I'm not of the talking... I'm sure the execution was just fine. I love Werner Herzog. Always happy to see him getting work. I'm going saying. to eat my shoe as part of a bit and that make w- a film about it. That was a great short film. Everybody at home, check out Werner Herzog Eats His Shoe. Shibble explained to them because Shibble told me about this movie. Um, tell tell us about it. Okay, we're going to be going a little off topic. Uh, we'll be back to the pish taco before you know it. But first, Werner Herzog is a German filmmaker. How's uh, he talk? Uh, he talks in a very flit German accent. Uh, I think he might be Bavarian. Julian Donkey Boy. He, he was. Al- he also acts. You can see him in. Julian Donkey Boy. <laughs> you can see him in Jack Reacher. Slap yourself. Yeah, slap your own face was one thing he said in Julian Donkey Boy, which was fantastic. If I was such a fool, I would slap my own face. <laughs> Put on this dress. You're the only one that looks like her. That he's saying all of this to a de- developly, developmentally disabled uh, teen. Uh, no, he says slap your own face. No, he does say that. Yeah, he, uh, he has several children, and I get them mixed up. Anyway, he's a fantastic. You shouldn't say any director. of that to your children. No, he's a fantastic director. Uh, 
and always happy to see him. And he met the director, Errol Morris, uh, who later went on to direct uh, uh, The Thin Blue Line, a bunch of really great documentaries. Uh, his first film was called Gates of Heaven, which was about uh, animal cemeteries. And Werner Herzog bet him that he would not finish that film by the next year. He says, if you finish that film, I will eat my own shoe. And Errol Morris finished the film. And so, uh, you know, Werner Herzog was like, I'm so happy for you that you made this movie. That's really great. I'll definitely eat my own shoe. And so, <laughs> like, he went to some school and a guy made, a like, a 15-minute documentary on it called Werner Herzog Eats His Own Shoe. And he's in an auditorium in front of all these people uh, talking about filmmaking as, like, part of the event of him eating his own shoe. And he's like, go out, steal a camera, steal film stock, and make your movie. And, <laughs> and then, you know, he eventually produces the shoe, which he has boiled overnight in, like, lard, like, trying to soften the leather any way he can. He put in, like, a bunch of garlic and lemon and stuff to try and just do anything. And he says, uh, I will not eat uh, the sole of the shoe because when you eat the chicken, you do not eat the bones. And so, <laughs> you know, and he ends up he ends up eating like a chunk of his shoe, and it's like I did it. You did that. I ate my shoe. Congratulations to you, Errol Morris. It's great. It's, it's a, a celebration of, of of will and man's desire to create art. Yes, and joy in that art. Yes. So I love back that to the pishtaco. Right. <laughs> Where was I? <laughs> Uh, we, we just determined that he uh, sometimes has a proboscis, sometimes has a centralized tooth. Right. The Pishtaco, an evil monster-like man, is often a stranger and a white man who seeks out unsuspecting Indians to kill them and abuse them in violent ways. Mm. The legend dates back to the Spanish conquest of South America. Mm. Primarily, this abuse I described has consisted of stealing body fat for various cannibalistic purposes or cutting the Indians up and selling their flesh. Pishtaco derives from the word pishte, meaning to behead, cut the throat, or cut into slices. Okay. And this is all important because in traditional medicine, human fat... <clears throat> Jesus, my throat, man. Yeah, yeah. Take in traditional sip. medicine, human fat was consistently believed to have a magical healing quality and significance until the late 19th century. Okay. And uh, did you ever know that? <laughs> uh, I mean, it. No. Why, but why I, would you guess that? Like, if you were like, I mean, would you ever think that if you were like an early doctor? If I was an early doctor, I'd just say whatever. Yeah, I mean, and make money off it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, what you're gonna want to do is you're gonna want to dig up a corpse, and you're gonna want to eat <laughs> some of its fat. Just gonna clear that right up. And wash it down with ivermectin. Yeah. You should be good to go. No mask. <laughs> this preoccupation with body fat has a long tradition in the Andes region of Peru and Bolivia. Mm. Uh, Pre-Hispanic natives prized fat so much that a deity, Viracocha, meaning sea of fat, existed for it. That's now, awesome. Yeah, I love this. Viracocha is the great creator deity in the pre-Inca and Inca mythology in the Andean region. Mm. S some state that Wiracucha, the real spelling, could mean fat of the sea. Okay. 
And it's uh, natural for the rural poor. This is about how fat is prized. Mm -hmm. It's natural for them to view fleshiness and excess body fat as a sign of good health, strength, and beauty. Yeah. Many illnesses are always thought to have roots in the loss of body fat, and skeletal thinness is abhorred. Yeah. So the conquistadors practice of treating their wounds with their enemies corpse fats horrified these people. Oh yeah. They were I like that's understand. desecration. What are you crazy people doing? Uh <laughs> Spaniards also killed Indians and boiled their corpses to produce fat to grease their metal muskets and cannons. Ah, fuck a doodle dude. That is some brutal shit. Colonialism is awesome. Ugh. They killed them and boiled their corpses to produce fat just to grease their muskets. Once again, the true monster reality. Yeah, really. Like, we're doing a show about a monster called the Pishtaco, and it's the seventh worst person we've mentioned. <sighs> Jeez Louise. Andean aboriginals feared Spanish mis- missionaries as Pishtacos, obviously. Mm-hmm. Believing the missionaries were killing people for fat, then oiling church bells to make them especially sonorous, because obviously. Yeah, no, that sounds like incredible magic. I believe that it's real. In modern times, uh, these beliefs held, and people believe that industrial machinery needs human fat as grease, and they believe that jet aircraft engines won't start without human fat. Okay. Well, wouldn't you hold on to these beliefs if they were boiling they you sound, for fat? No, they sound very powerful, and it is certainly uh, indicative of how we are all grist for the mill of capitalism. That's well put. Pishtaco believes... Like, I'm feeling very poetic to that. Well, you're sounding it as well. Thank you. Pishtaco believes... Or should believes... I say, thank ye. <laughs> thank thou. Mine thanks are yours. <laughs> Pistaco <laughs> Pistaco beliefs have affected international assistance, actually, leading okay. uh, natives to reject uh, U.S. Food for Peace, that program, um, out of fears that the real purpose was to fatten children <laughs> and later kill them and eat them. I mean, in a sense, isn't it? <laughs> no, <laughs> it's not. It's just to it turn just them to feed into them. more workers, no, more just, worker bees. It was just to feed them, Dibble. Well, is it? Yep. Or is that just what they want you to believe? What Jeff Bezos wants you to believe? No, it's definitely just to feed them. Uh, natives have attacked survey geologists working on the Peruvian Altiplano. Good. Uh, They're only they, there for fucking oil. Fuck they, them up. Yeah. You're probably right. Uh, they believed that the geologists were pishtacos. Of course, they didn't care about the oil. They were just like, pishtacos, get them! Yeah, no, they're much more excited just to... They, the cover was that they were there for oil. What they were actually there for was that delicious fat. The work of anthropologists has been stymied because measurements of... <laughs> measurements of people's fat folds were rumored to be part of a plot to select the fattest individuals to be targeted by pishtacos. I mean, I could... Come on, that only makes sense. Like, remember, if, remember if I when thought you, you were here to drink the fat out of me, and then you came here and started measuring my fat, I'd be like, <laughs> okay, 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 now, come on! 
Remember, remember when you were in like elementary school and they used to take those little calipers and measure your fat? Yeah, yeah, that was fucked up. I was fat then. Why would they do that to kids? That's a fucked up thing to do. Not especially, especially I was fat, so it was like really not fun for me. Yeah. And I'm fat now, so it would be not fun again. I, no, I, no yeah, put those I, fucking calipers away. It's dehumanizing. It, it really is. I felt like a pig. Yeah, it's awful. I felt like a little piggy being measured for market. Now imagine if you thought your teacher was going to drink your fat. Yeah, yeah. You thought you were literally a piggy going to market. Exactly. That's Yeah, so that's the fear they have. So they attack the geologists and the anthropologists. Yeah, good call. Once again, I'm with the natives on this one. I'm picturing them attacking them like the... What's that movie? It's like Cannibal Holocaust, but Eli Roth made it green. Oh, green, yeah, mountain? No. Fire? Inferno. Green Inferno. That's what they do to geologists there, I I would imagine. I would if I thought they were pish tacos. Yeah, and especially when their buddy came around and started measuring my fat. (laughs) That is a tip-off. Maybe they were pish tacos. Who are we to say? I mean, that's weird behavior to be like, no, we're not pish tacos. It's ridiculous. Let me see your tummy. Yeah, I mean, let's... I think it's really showing our cultural biases that our initial response was, obviously they weren't pish taco. These natives are crazy. Yeah, really. Very, when well, all, it could be pish taco. They had already been murdered for their fat in the past, and then white people come and measure their fat. <laughs> like, yeah, come on. Well, yeah, this is... If nothing else, <laughs> it's certainly a bizarre coincidence. So... <laughs> the pish taco, as I told you, it, it doesn't have to kill you when it feeds. Mm. But if it loses control or it's too hungry, it will kill you. Okay. And it can also get angry and slice off other body parts for cannibalistic purposes. So uh, it prefers hum- fat, but it can eat meat. Absolutely. Okay. They're not overly strong, well-built, or physically fit. Okay. Powerful humans are able to challenge them in a normal state. Uh, but they, the more fat they consume, mm. the stronger and faster they become. Okay. Do they get fat or do they just burn it? No, out? no. They burn right through it. It just gives them like super energy, speed, strength, that kind of stuff. So they get charged yeah. up with fat. I wish that was me. Like if that was how my body worked, I would be, oh my God, I'd be in the Olympics. Yeah. Well, who knows? Maybe we'll find out how does one become a pish taco? What is their origin? Yeah, yeah. You are you are white. I am white. That's You're true. Off to a good I don't start. have white hair, and I'm not like a weird like outside trader in Peru. I could be one. Yeah. Um, All you need to do is go to Peru and also get surgically installed a horrible columnar tooth. <laughs> a horrible one. Yeah, it has to be horrible. <laughs> you know who had one of those? The band in um. The most Osley spate for it. The guy who played the saxophone, the blue guy, looked like an elephant. Oh, the one whose face was kind of like a red butt in the middle of his blue face? Or the or or do you mean sliced noodles on the keyboard? No, the one who stood up and played the horn. Yeah, I, did he have a, a butt he's, in the middle of his face? Yeah, kind of. All right. He's, okay, sorry. He's out and there. By, by the way, cutting off their proboscis, their sucker thing, or their columnar tooth will, will kill them. Okay. Okay. And, and silver will cause a great great pain, and if you get it through the heart, can kill it. Okay. And of course, similar creatures or other names: the Karasiri of Peru, mm-hmm. 
the Nakak of uh, Bolivia and the Likachiri of uh, Bolivia and Peru, as we said. Okay. Now we have uh, one last uh, part of the first part of Pishtaco before we move on to Sacramentecas. Uh, we have the Pishtaco's uh, police report. This okay. is very interesting. We've got some documentation on a Pishtaco. Yes, in 2009... Okay, the Pishtaco was yes, two thousand nine. How do you remember two thousand nine? What was that for you? Oh, I had just lost my job that I had had for the last nine years. You wow, you remember that right away? You were twenty eight. Uh, yeah. Uh, Obama was just elected. Mm, yeah, one year in. Um, I was living with my roommate Matt. And, uh, single. Yeah, I think that's about all I remember. Wow, what a time in your life. Yeah, yeah. Could have been better, could have been worse. So in 2009, the Pishtaco legend was cited as a contributing factor in the story of a Peruvian, uh, by the Peruvian police of a gang murdering up to 60 people to harvest their fat. Oh, wow. Yep. Uh, Peruvian gangsters are suspected of murdering up to 60 people for their fat. They sold it to intermediaries in Lima who are thought to have then sold the fat to laboratories in Europe for suspected use in cosmetics. Later, General Felix Felix Murga, chief of police forces in Peru, had to take leave from his job when Peruvian ministries reported that this entire story was a hoax. Yeah. The, hoax, yeah. the hoax was apparently passed on to prevent further investigations of extrajudicial killings by police. That makes a lot more sense. Can you imagine? Yeah, we've been killing poor people to harvest their fat, which we sell to European cosmetics manufacturers. Yeah, it's that... not just that we've been killing, we've been just murdering people on the streets. It's that there's, there's a Pish Taco gang. Yeah. Okay. So you said you had one more Pish Taco story? No, no, no. That That's that's, that's the, the Pish Taco uh, uh, police hoax, and now we're up to facts. Okay. Oh, yeah. What kind of facts you got? For, you got some Peru facts? Peru facts. No, we have fat people facts. Okay. Fat people facts. I hope these are not horrible. <laughs> Look at the hope in my eyes. Look at the hope in my eyes before you start reading these. Well, Shibble, as you know, I am currently... Uh, I'm in and out of the fat population, and currently I'm in it. Um, so why would they be negative? Why would I want to... Well, I am self-loathing. Yes. Uh, but no, I've gone positive with a lot of these. All right, I'm excited. Hit me. Give me fat people facts. Fat people facts. Contrary to popular opinion... BMI is not an indicator of fitness. Its inventor, 19th century Belgian mathematician Adolphe Quetelet, intended his formula to be used to assess the status of general populations, not to calculate how much excess fat an individual might have. Mm. Thanks a lot, Adolphe. No, he said it was for populations, not individuals. Yeah, but he still, he... he... I, he couldn't have known how his work would have been misconstrued. I shouldn't blame Adolf. Yeah. Adolf didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, we've heard that before. Yeah. 
Is is BMI where they pinch your fat? Uh, that's the one. I think that's just weight and height. It's just weight. Oh, not calipers? No, I don't think that's... Cal- I think calipers is body fat percentage. Oh, I hated that. <laughs> um, fat people fact number two. If being fat were inherently bad for us, then weight loss should bring about innumerable health benefits. But that's not always the case. Multiple studies have seen little to no connection between weight loss and decreased risk of mortality. I believe that. I believe that 100%. I thought that was surprising. Yeah, I I think there's a lot of stuff that's put out there by the sort of weight loss industrial complex that is just so pervasive. Yeah. That you it you really need to question everything. Well, you do. I mean, they but have you do. A, yeah, I think you do. It's a huge industry. It's a huge industry and it's so it's such an easy story to tell that so many people just believe like, oh, fat people are lazy and they're making themselves sick and it's a burden on society. And it's like you hear that and you're like, yeah, that makes sense to me. It's it it sounds so logical or not not even logical. It sounds like something that we've all been taught to think of as true our entire lives. No, but it does sound it sounds it has the sound of logic because it's it's concise and it and yeah. it, may, it but it's not logical. No. It, it it doesn't hold up to scrutiny. And that's why that it's a perfect lead into fat people facts number 3. You hit it on the head. According to the National Association to Advance Fat Acceptance. So, oh, I set an alarm cuz I was going to show you this thing about nfts on the show and we were gonna do a drop and try to win one okay but we're not gonna do it no i don't want to get involved with their industry no i was gonna put the money up it was just gonna we were gonna see if we could win one all right ready according to the national association to advance fat acceptance sizeism is the fourth fourth most prevalent form of discrimination in the u.s yet only six cities have laws protecting against it Fatness is often associated with laziness, poor hygiene, and stupidity, assumptions that can have serious consequences on both a personal and societal level. In the working world, fat employees receive fewer promotions and may earn less than their thinner counterparts. In the classroom, fat students are less likely to be accepted to college, despite comparable academic performance. Perhaps the worst manifestation of size discrimination comes in the form of bullying. One study found that obese children were 65% more likely to be bullied than their peers. Wow. How that, fucked up is that? And if I'm 100% true, I don't doubt a word of it. Little pieces of shit. And you know what? All that sounds crazy, but can the Pish Taco love? You just skipped over the second half of the Pish Taco. Oh, man. We're 50 minutes in. All right. Let's get to the second half of the Pish Taco. Okay. Sakamantekas. Okay, Sakam and Tekas. That is what uh, that is kind of an umbrella for what the Pishaco is. It is a fat extractor. Okay. The Spanish name for a kind of boogeyman uh, that kills for human fat. Okay, so this goes back to Spain as well yes. as having roots in Native American culture. That is right. Julian Rivers reports that village children can be stolen by an outsider called El Sacamantecas, disguised as a beggar or a trader who is hired by a rich man 
whose ill child can only be cured with the blood or fat of healthy babies. Mm. So that's that's like a main theme here. Gerald Brennan describes the Montequero as a monster in human form who lives in deserted areas and feeds on manteca, human fat. Upon capture, he, shout, he shouts in a high-pitched voice and unless just fed, looks thin. Brennan found the myth alive during his stay in Andalusia. One day he was walking when he saw three suspicious men. Fearing a bandoleros, he ran away, but the three gypsies chased him and drew their knives, shouting at him as a mantecaro or a pishtaco. The first impulse was to kill him, but they brought him to the mayor, and they offered to slit his throat, but the British man claimed to be a relative of King George and convinced the mayor he was not dealing with a monster. A friend of Brennan found that all the village girls believed in Montecaros. In the urban version of the legend, an old evil marquis needs baby blood transfusions to rejuvenate. So do you get the idea behind Sacramentecas? They need blood to rejuvenate. Mm-hmm. Do yeah. you know? More that like a, a traditional vampire that can also roll on fat. Yeah, but also kind of like an Elizabeth Bathory. Yeah, yeah, that vibe too. Now, we have something interesting shibble for you okay real sacamontecas okay that just okay no go on tell me more i'm excited i didn't want to hold you up but now manuel blanco roma santa manuel blanco roma santa yes okay. was the first serial killer documented in spain mm. with the fat of his victims he made and sold soap that mm. is gross like a Tyler Durden. Yeah, but with... Did he make human soap? He made soap out of liposuction fat. Oh, I forgot that part of the movie. Yeah. In 1853, he admitted to 13 murders, but claimed he was not responsible because he was suffering from lycanthropy. Yeah. <laughs> a curse that caused him to turn into a werewolf. Although this defense was rejected at trial... Queen Isabella commuted his death sentence to allow doctors to investigate the claim. Let's just make sure. Yeah, seriously. She was like, well, on the off chance he is a werewolf, let's study it. I mean, what is it, the 1800s? I gotta say I support that decision. Let's put it to bed. If this guy's a werewolf, then we know we have to worry about more werewolves. He's not gonna be the only one. We should find out. He's known as the Werewolf of Alariz and also known as the Tallow Man, a nickname he earned for rendering his victims fat into high-quality soap. Originally thought to be female, he was named Manuela and raised as a girl until the age of six, until the doctor reassigned his sex, which I'm sure has nothing to do with this. No, I could see that being confusing for a child. Uh, he became friendly with the women of the village, which led the men to consider him effeminate. Uh, women and children hired him as a guide and then they would always disappear uh, they'd never arrive at their destinations uh, people get, became Boy, it makes you wonder you think that might be a repeat business kind of gig or yeah I don't think it, thing at least it didn't last very long his run of terror uh, uh, people became suspicious when they noticed he was selling his victims clothing locally <laughs> That looks like my daughter's dress. I'm like it is. Would you like uh, it? Well, I mean, it coincidentally, uh, I was going to buy it for her. That's why it's got her name embroidered on it. Yeah. But then it turns out that was when she was wearing when she was disappeared. 
So he was arrested in September 1852 um, after everyone in town was like, he's killing people and selling their fat. And he was brought to trial. And then he said something so ridiculous at trial. Um, I, I would like Shibble uh, in a Spanish accent to read what Manuel Blanco Romasanta said during trial. Okay. <clears throat> the first time I transformed, uh, I was in the mountains of Cuso. I came across two ferocious looking wolves. I suddenly fell to the ground and uh, began to feel convulsions. I rolled over three times. And a few seconds later, I was a wolf. <laughs> I was out uh, marauding for uh, two, uh, five days until I returned uh, to my own body. And you see before you today, your other. The other two wolves came with me and changed into human form. One was called Antonio and uh, the other Don Gennaro. <laughs> they too were cursed. We attacked and ate a, a number of people because we were hungry. Said Manuel Blanco Romasanta. What kind of defense is that? I was turned into a werewolf, your honor. He really went with it. I have no defense but the truth. We attacked and ate a number of people because we were hungry. We were hungry because we were werewolves. Your One honor. My two we friends were Antonio, Antonio, and Don Gennaro. Don Gennaro and Antonio will back me up. I called to the stand Antonio and Don Gennaro, the other two werewolves. <laughs> what do you think they said? They're probably like, he's full of shit. Oh my God, he's just a killer. Also, we have Juan Diaz de Garayo, known as the Sacamantecas, the fat extractor. Mm -hmm. He strangled five women and a 13-year-old girl and attacked Oof. four other women. Oof. He was a lust killer. Uh, first killed prostitutes. Uh, his last two victims murdered in consecutive days were stabbed and disemboweled. And that's how he got the Sacramenteca's nickname from the Boogeyman character. Um, the Pish Taco was such a big thing in that area that he tried to throw off authorities by disemboweling the last person. Mm. And he and tried to spread the rumor. Um and I, it tried hear, to, I hear that was a pistaco. Yeah. And he had a I big heard last night that it was disemboweled and it was a pistaco. <laughs> the girl from last night was disemboweled by the pistaco. It was a, I think it might be there might be a pistaco. That's what I heard. It was Did not my sexual impulse. <laughs> Did you hear about... No, I heard about the girl last night. Did you hear that it might be a pistaco? <laughs> I heard it might be a pistaco because of the disembowelment. <laughs> and that is it for the pistaco, and we are on to Fat People Facts 2. Fat People Facts. Was that it? Was that the one? I like that. It's going to be a hot, fresh take. Okay, I like it. Women... Oh, I love this one, Shibble. Ready? Yes. Women are more attracted to men who can make them laugh. Although all fat men aren't necessarily funny, pop culture has socialized most people to believe that fat equals funny, unless proven otherwise. So whether or not those extra pounds translate to a sense of humor, women are likely to assume that fat guys are funny. <laughs> okay, I could see that phenomenologically. And how about this? This is even better. I love This makes me feel good. Chubby guys are better in bed. 
according to a survey of 3,000 British women. 38% reported that overweight men were superior lovers. Research suggests men with noticeable bellies and higher BMIs last eight minutes longer in bed than slim men. I believe that. Why? Because uh, it's, it's a study? <laughs> I mean, I guess because there's data. But uh, I would say also that... Uh, no, well, I don't want to make that kind of generalization. But maybe, for some cases, some people... Uh, the added uh, cardio of having to move a larger body, that extra, you know, blood is less blood going down to your junk. And so uh, you're, uh, you know, less likely to uh, be able to achieve orgasm. And also you need more oxygen when you have more muscles and stuff. Yeah, there could be any number of things. Yeah. I'm probably just going to cut a lot of that out. Why? I don't know. It just seemed like too speculative. I felt stupid when I was saying it. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I like when you speculate. Those, fact number six, fat people, those who could store fat easily had an evolutionary advantage in the harsh environment of early hunters and gatherers, Garabed Eknoyan of the Baylor College of Medicine wrote. Indeed, in early human history, being overweight was a status symbol. It meant you had the resources to survive and you could share with a spouse. Being a fat guy indicated you were well off, and old habits die hard. It's possible, Eknoyan writes, that traces of this instinctual attraction for fat guys still linger. I believe it. Oh, I totally believe it. So, on, but all this stuff about the pish taco, <laughs> it sounds pretty crazy, but can it love... A werewolf ain't my dad, but it's not so bad. It might sound crazy, but can it love? Can it give me a kiss? Can it hold my hand? Would it say I love you? Does it understand? Does it know that I've never felt this way before? There's a full moon tonight. So romantic, and this might sound crazy, but can it love? Can it love? What do you think? Oh, I was just imagining the song playing and laughing because I. I... Oh, by the way, we should have apologized for our technical problems last week. Yeah, we uh, we did have a couple of technical issues on our last episode that aired five to six episodes ago. Uh, apologies for that problem from three months ago. <laughs> I won't let it happen again. I guess we can cut that out. I thought it was the episode right after it. All right, can it love? I think um, it could love an extremely heavy set significant other, but... Half of its affection would always be owed to the fact that part of the relationship is like sucking the life force of his spouse through their fat. And like, is mm. that love really? Like, I don't know. Like, if they had I a mean, love. It could be. I mean, if, if they had a loving. It could be the beginning. If they had a loving connection that didn't depend solely on the fat sucking, 
like rather the fat sucking was just part of a more nuanced whole then i guess it could work okay i think boy i hope they're working it out although i imagine also this will probably end up in like a feeder feedy situation but yeah. i guess they would both be feeders boy complicated what's your ideal date with a pish taco oh boy well obviously i'm gonna say the movies I'm going to have a big bucket of popcorn. They're going to have a big bucket of fat. <laughs> we're going to sit there, and we're going to watch Thinner. Oh, that's a great one. Well, you could just have the bucket of popcorn. They could just have a bucket of butter. It's true, yeah. That, that, that I could just get it all from the dispenser. Just keep on pressing. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think a little you, more for you, babe? Where's a place where there are a lot of fat people? Like, like bowling? Um... Boy, I, I'm going to say any number of places. I'm going to say, I think three of America's fattest cities are in Texas. So let's say Texas. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's good that the story took place there. That was that was how fortuitous. Yeah, checks out. Maybe you could do a no feeding on me rule in a relationship. Except Maybe. for like unwanted fat, like excess fat. Yeah. Yeah. That, I think that's probably, you don't want to, you want to set boundaries, I think, in any kind of relationship like this. What would your kid be? If you had a kid with a pish taco. It'd be like Blade. How how so? <laughs> It'd be like the Daywalker. For it wouldn't be for black. It wouldn't be a vampire. It wouldn't be no, skilled be, in martial arts. No, it would be arts. a half vampire. He, he would definitely learn martial arts. That's true. We would teach at martial arts. Yeah. A Jewish pish taco. Yeah, just out there eating fat. So yeah, that answers your question. Can it love? I guess I guess in some way it can love. But can it fuck? That sounds crazy, but can it fuck? Uh, I think it's thinking one thing. It's got like fat on the mind twenty four seven. But like, um... so do we know? Do they have a means of reproducing? If you get attacked by a pish taco, do you get turned into a pish taco? They don't. I saw nothing about whether humans are turned or if pish tacos are born to pish taco parents. There was nothing about that. Okay. But I'm That's thinking fair. maybe when they get fully filled up on fat, you know, and, they, and their senses are sharp, and maybe that's mating mode. Mm. Yeah. I mean, you'd want to be on top of your game. Yeah, well, I'm thinking they probably get horny when they're all, like, hopped up on fat. Yeah. Vampires get horny when they're all hopped up on blood. It's true. Vampires get so horny. They love it. In true blood, they go nuts. Yeah, yeah. I believe it. You, you don't watch true blood. Horny. You still haven't seen true blood. I watched a couple episodes with Anna at some point when I think when we were first started dating. I wish you'd watch true blood. I love it. Yeah, I mean it looked it looked all right. You got you got your horny vampires and your werewolves. And you got Nelson Ellis who passed away, rest in peace, who was amazing. Yeah. Um now as we you asked me can it F I thought I would do a little Peru sex research, just a little bit. Okay. And I Let found me with that Peru sex. <laughs> 42-year-old Fabiola Melgar Garcia, better known as Alexis Amor. Okay. I didn't think you'd know her. I don't know her either. It's a Peruvian porn star from the Andean Pishtaco region. In 2018, she was awarded a spot in the AVN Hall of Fame for her excellent sexing. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, I mean, that's that's Hall of Fame. They, they don't give that to everyone. No, no, good job. Uh, Peru sex tips. If you're out for a bit of fun, 
Be aware that some locals you meet at the tourist bars will be nice or even spend a night with you just to receive something in return, be it drinks, clothes, jewelry. If you're fine with supporting this sort of prostitution, great. If not, start thinking before leaving immediately. That's a tip they give you. Got it. Fair enough. As everywhere, spiking a drink is a quick way to knock somebody out. Watch your glass if you don't want to wake up one day with nothing but your underwear. Oh, Jesus Christ. If you suddenly receive an email stating that the Peruvian friend you met while visiting Peru has been abducted and will only be released if you transfer X amount of money, all your alarm bells should go go off. Do not pay them. Okay. (laughs) Boy, Peru sounds terrible. The more you talk about it. I'm pretty sure they give the same list for any country you visit outside of our country. And probably they give that list to people when they visit our country. They probably should. Hey, guess what? It's fight night! Yes! Fight! Alright, so we got Prime Shack versus... The Pistaco. Okay. Prime Shack pummels the Pistaco to death. Yeah, I'm going to say this is no issue. And I'm going to say now Shack might even let the Pistaco get a couple pounds off of him and then he'll come out even leaner and meaner and ready to take him down. Yeah, God forbid the Pistaco takes off 50 and leaves him even faster. Yeah. Uh, now you're dealing with a seven foot one. 250-pound man who is pure muscle. No, I think he's like 380 now. Uh, well, yeah, even now, yeah. I was thinking, well, I don't know oh, how Prime much Shack, he Oh, Prime Shack, he was like 350, so now you're dealing with, or 330. I would say you're right. I, I would yeah. give you that. So about now you're dealing with 7 feet 300 of pure muscle. Yeah. Uh, uh, I do not envy you, Pishtaka. Yeah, you're getting killed. Um, fight night number two, the Pishtaka versus Steven Asante. Okay, that's a name I know. He's from my 600-pound life. He was a patient of Dr. Now. He weighed 1,000 pounds. He screamed he wanted more painkillers. He knocked over his own urine. Okay, so uh, the Pish Taco versus an incredibly fat guy. Who's obnoxious. Who's unpleasant. Yes. Uh, Well, obviously, Pish Taco's going to be very happy to see a guy with a lot of fat. Mm Mm-hmm. Gonna be very excited, and the more fat he drinks, the more powerful he's going to become. The question that we've got here is: Is there such a thing as too much fat for a pish taco? And I'm gonna say no, there isn't. He is the gonna destroy him. Okay, I was just wondering if he was too annoying. If it, at some point it's not worth it to the pish taco. No, no. I mean, the man dumped his own urine on the ground for attention. Yeah, no, I'm not saying that uh, it will be uh, without its travails, but I think that that source of fat is just going to be too tempting. Okay, the Pish Taco versus the Squonk holding the Hope Diamond. Okay, so the Squonk is currently cursed (laughs) by the Hope Diamond and is, if like it is the rest of the time, on the verge of suicide. I'm going to put this one on the Pish Taco. 
The Pistaco versus the Thousand Pound Sisters, but they have rape whistles. Okay. I'm going to say the whistles, not going to do very much good, depending on where they are. (laughs) I mean... You don't think they move quickly to get them? No, uh, no, no, not where the whistles are in relation to them, where this fight is taking place. Uh, Oh, that's right. Now, who can hear the whistle? Yeah. So I'm going to say I'm going to have to put this one on the pish taco unless, no, no, because there's two of them and it's going to get so distracted from the pure ecstasy of eating one of them and it's going to have its eyes rolled back in its head, remember? Oh, yeah. It's not going to see that the other one is going to take him out. Tammy is going to crush him while he's on Amy. Yeah, boom. Okay. Pish taco versus a trio of really mean freshman college sorority girls. Ooh, boy. Uh, they're really mean? I'm talking like they would make you cry. Like, they really don't. They're they're just all about themselves and the sorority. Okay, but they're freshmen. They're freshmen, so they're even worse because they're trying to impress the upperclassmen. Mm, good point. Yeah, then I'm going to have to put it on the ladies. Yeah, and there's no fat. Yeah, there's nothing to target. Okay, Pish Taco versus Matt Gates's underaged and traffic hooker. All right, you don't have to answer that. Pish Taco versus a very fat medieval knight in full armor. Okay. Knight's armor is pretty tough to get through. Yeah. Pish Taco's unarmed, so all it's got is it's either proboscis or large tooth. <laughs> Columbo. Yeah, I'm going to put this one on the knight. Really? Say, yeah, with uh, because, as, as you've mentioned... Uh, the Pishtaku is not particularly physically strong. It can be overpowered by a strong man. And I think even overweight, just to be able to move in full armor, you've got to be in pretty decent shape. Yeah, you got to be powerful to get around in that. That's true. Yeah. It so doesn't I'm mean he's not in shape, by the way, that he's very fat. Hmm? Just because he's heavy doesn't mean he's not in shape, we should yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Fedor Emelianenko had a had a tummy and was known for not looking in shape and he was the greatest MMA athlete of all time. Yeah, exactly. Look, Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth there. is the greatest maybe athlete of all time. He was he could have been the greatest golfer, he could have been the greatest pitcher and he was the greatest hitter. So, I mean, and the guy was eating hot dogs on the bench and smoking and whatever, you know. Yeah. That's a great point. Um, this is very pro-heavy people. I love it. Okay, yeah, this is fantastic. Pish taco versus a fish taco filled with tiger sharks. Okay. Tiger sharks, I'm going to say, are very lean meat. Yes. Uh, so I'm going to put this one on the, the sharks. Well, it's also a surprise because the pish taco is going to pick up the fish taco thinking it's just a regular fish taco and the tiger sharks jump out of it. Yeah. And it makes me wonder how big is this taco? It's humongous because it has to fit large Several sharks tiger in it. Sharks. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, mean, I'm it's like a ten-foot taco. Yeah, I'm putting this one on on the the taco of tiger sharks. Last one: pish taco versus a grizzly bear, but they are in water. <laughs> okay. Grizzly bear is this before or after hibernation? <laughs> after. Okay, then it's going to have burned through all its fat reserves during the long winter. I'm going to have to put this one on the bear. Okay. And that was fight night, a very good fight night. Hey! Would you like the last of the facts? Yeah, hit me with your 
Fat people facts. All right, ready? Yeah. Top five male body shapes that women rate in the bedroom. Starting at the least um, preferred. Okay. And I'm sorry about this. It's okay. Slim, petite men, 9%. That's fair. Short men, shorter than 5'8", 10%. Tall men, 13%. Athletic and very muscly men, 21%. Overweight men, 38%. Mm Hey. Woo! Way to go, overweight men. Thank you. Uh, child safety seat manufacturer. Where was average men? Where was just an average man? Was that not enough? No one prefers that. <laughs> I love being in bed with a normal man. Yeah, they, 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 no one considers someone average. There's something wrong with everyone. That's true. People right, only look to- at your faults. Um, next fact. Child safety seat manufacturers have begun to make bigger models after a recent study showed that over 250,000 U.S. children aged 6 and under are far too fat to use the standard models. No, I'm glad they're doing something to keep those kids safe. Over 300,000 deaths in the U.S. a year are, con- are attributed to obesity. It's second only to smoking as a cause of premature death in the United States. I included that because you have to remember that it, it also is dangerous. So, Although you can look good and be healthy, you can also be unhealthy if you're heavy. And it's important to, uh, to uh, keep your health up to par. Yeah, just keep an eye on yourself. You're going to be the best judge of your health. You know, and if you feel like it's not, you know, your lifestyle isn't leaving you where you want to be, you can change it. If you're happy with where you are, you don't have to. Obesity can strain muscles in the pelvic area, which can weaken muscles contributing to vaginal prolapse. Boy, that sounds pretty scary. (laughs) You got to tell me, is this thing real? (laughs) Vaginal prolapse is gross. (laughs) Isn't it gross? I'm sure it's a very unpleasant situation. Our sympathies to all our listeners suffering from vaginal prolapse. Currently and in the past, or in the future. Yeah. Yes. We uh, hope that everything gets cleared up. Yeah, in your vaginal prolapse. Um, yes. Now, you ask me, is it real? Is real? Is real? Check it, Bavakasha. Hey! Hey! <laughs> That just reminds me that you started off the last episode with just a shofar. <laughs> yeah. Oops. There was 30 By seconds. Which we mean five episodes. Ago. There was 30 seconds of silence and then. <laughs> Hi, I'm Chris Anderson. <laughs> it's perfect. Um, now, is it real? I mean, are there guys walking around with columnar tooths? I mean, maybe. Yeah. Do they have huge proboscis? Maybe. Yeah, they could. But. I know of an actual couple of pish tacos. Okay. Even more so than the pish taco serial killers I read about earlier, because they weren't real pish tacos, were they? No, they were just dudes that were, they were faking the funk. In 1910, Francisco Leona and Julio Tonto Hernandez kidnapped and killed a boy of seven years for his blood and fat to treat the tuberculosis of Francisco Ortega, a wealthy farmer who hired them for that purpose in what is known as the crime of Gador. Mm. The crime of Gador. Maybe it's Gador, because the accent's over the A. Gador. Gador. The crime of Gador. 
was the name given to the kidnapping and subsequent murder of a seven-year-old boy by Francisco Leona in Spain. The purpose of the crime was to use the child's body fat as a folk cure for the wealthy, wealthy patron's tuberculosis, as I said. At the time, it was believed that drinking the blood and fat of a human child uh, was a remedy. Mm. Uh, Francisco Ortega had been diagnosed with TB and was desperately seeking a cure. He visited the local curandera, uh, Augustina Rodriguez, who in turn sent for the barber and healer, Francisco Leona. Leona, who had a criminal record, agreed to cure him in exchange for 3,000 reals. Leona and Julio El Tonto, the fool, uh, fittingly enough, Hernandez, uh, offered to find a child. Uh, on the evening of June 27, 1910, uh, Leona kidnapped Bernardo Gonzalez Para, a seven-year-old from Rioja, drugged him with chloroform, and put him in a sack. Now, this all happened. Little Bernardo's murder was as follows. After he was removed from the sack days, Bernardo was stabbed in the heart by Leona, and Ortego mixed his blood with sugar and drank it. After that, they took the boy to a place known as Las Poquicas, where Leona killed him, crushing his skull with a rock. Then he extracted fat to make a compress to apply to Ortega's chest. To finish the ritual, Bernardo's body was concealed in a crevice, unburied but covered. When law enforcement officers arrived, the people of Gador turned Leona over to them as he was known for his illegal and occult practices. During court proceedings, Leona and Tonto Hernandez both confessed. Most, uh, most of the perpetrators were executed by hanging. Leona died in prison. The client, Ortega and Agustina, the Corandera, were both sentenced to death. Julio El Tonto, the fool, was sentenced to death too, but received a pardon on grounds of insanity. Uh, the, the crime gave, gave rise to the term hombre del saco, if you remember him. Mm-hmm. Sack man. The man of the sack. The guy with his, you know. Classic boogeyman. Right. What does he have? A zipper down and... Oh, yeah. Check out my chicken nugget. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Got gum on his leg. And Sacamantecas also came from this because the kidnappers used a gunny sack to carry the children. Mm. Um, it was inspired by the folk beliefs about the medicinal properties of children's blood and fat. And, of course, we know that the Nazis, uh, on a small scale, made uh, soap out of human fat and then made a huge deal about how they did it to scare uh, prisoners of concentration camps and said they did it on an industrial scale, which is not true. Mm. So, fear of the pishtaco, Shibble is so embedded in Andean culture that natives still don't trust foreigners. That's what this is really about. And these stories function as a warning to not trust outsiders, particularly whites and mestizos. And the stories are real in their consequences. Any foreigner can be accused of being a pishtaco. Mm. I mean, yeah, I look guilty. You look guilty as hell of being a pishtaco. Yeah, I look like I'm going to drink some of that fat. Don't they're... I'm just going to keep out of Peru. You look like the hungriest pish taco I've ever seen. I'd love a little nibble. (laughs) What would you say to me if you were a pish taco? Listen, Ethan, I'm a pish taco. Uh Uh-huh. It's funny that we recorded that episode today. Right. And I was wondering if I could just get like a little nibble. Why? Because I'm heavy? No. Why would you ask me? Because you're... Because 
I just, I'm just, I'm hungry, and you're here, and I just wanted a little. I'm not here. I'm over Skype. I mean Zoom. Oh, fair enough. I mean, it's because I'm heavy. If I was there, could I have a, a nibble? Yeah, but why are you so obsessed what with me? It is it because like? am I am I the heaviest person you know? See, this is what would happen so. if you were a bitch taco. I would be so offended. It's true. You would take it very personally. I would take it personally if a bitch taco came after me like that. I thought I was being very respectful. Yeah, but I, it's just a very tender subject. I think fish tacos need to be aware of that. That's fair. Some people, they don't like to talk about their fat. <laughs> and you need to respect that. You know what I was reading about during this episode? Fat is not a bad word. Like, you're, it's not, you're not supposed to avoid saying it. Like, I've, I've heard uh, people trying to reclaim fat. Like, you can be like, that's a fat guy, you know? Yeah, because... It's it's less condescending. Yeah, and it's it's like just an adjective, and it's like describing a, a yeah, body. Yeah, there's type. nothing wrong with being fat, so there's nothing wrong with saying that he's fat. Yeah, we've just given the connotation. Yeah. <laughs> I think this was a helpful episode. I think we did some positive. I think so, and I think we're getting the red light from Uncle Monster. Uh, I see, it's glaring. Look at that. Uh, and. Tell me, buddy, do you got any uh, movie recommendations for us? The Blob! Oh, M- Uncle Monster, it, it, why should we watch The Blob? Because uh, I like Steve McQueen. Steve McQueen? Yeah, it's got a young Steve McQueen. How, how's the movie go? Uh, he's uh, fighting a giant blob! Excellent. I'm going to check it out, Uncle Monster. Thank you. Thank you, Shibble, man. can I give it a try? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Is it Uncle Monster 2? Yeah. It's me, Uncle Monster 2. I'm Uncle Monster's brother who licenses his act. And I have movie suggestions. I can't wait. Hit me up. Um, first, I want you to see Candyman, the new one. Because, the new and, one. Okay. and the old one, because they're the best. I haven't seen the new one, but I'm assuming... And then also, my mystery pick is Troll Jaren, Troll Hunter, which is a found footage goodie, like a super hot pick. It's about trolls, and you'll really enjoy it, and it's from a Nordic... I liked Trolls 2 World Tour. No, no, not not the Troll 2, it's Troll Hunter. It's a found footage movie. You've got it all. The, those fun hairy trolls. No, it's and it makes a wish. No, that's not what it's. They got a jewel in their belly, and each of them represents a different style of music. No, Shibble, that's not it. It's Troll Hunter. I can't keep the voice. My throat hurts. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We hope you had a good time learning about the Peach Taco. And uh, we hope that you check us out on Twitter and Instagram, where we're at UncleMonster6. Also on Patreon, where we are at UncleMonster6. And please, if you're listening to this on uh, Apple or wherever you are, please rate, review, and subscribe. And uh, we really appreciate that. That's very cool when you guys do that, and and we love it. Yeah, and until next time... (sighs) Don't get spooked! spooked.